God, we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God laid on my heart to go back over a teaching that we had during our Sunday services, which was 911, what's um, your emergency, lost souls. So I'm doing a recap, dealing with 911, what is your emergency, lost souls. And I'm going to go back over this briefly, but let's turn to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And this is when Jesus was going to be with the Father. And before he left to be with the Father, he gave the disciples this great commission. So we're his disciples, and the commission that he gave them, he also gave to us because until they know who, who they are in Christ, until, until they become disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. So in Matthew 28, beginning at verse 18, the word of God reads, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That means he's saying that all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. So what Jesus was doing, he was commissioning those um, disciples, his followers. And he said all authority had been given unto him. So the first thing we have to understand, we got to recognize the authority that has been given unto us. Jesus knew his authority. He knew what the Father had placed into his hands. And we went over that in John 3, verse 35, when it says, The Father loves the Son and has given him power over everything given him authority, have put all things in his hands. So Jesus recognized his authority. And in John 13, 3, it says, Jesus knowing, fully aware that the Father had put everything in his hands and that he had come from God and was now entering to returning to God. So I want to go back. Um, I want to back up a little bit because the Lord was showing me something else. So we see that Jesus have all authority to do what he was doing here on the earth, not only on the earth but in heaven I want to go back to the beginning because tonight I want to add more to what we went over last week we know in the beginning how the heaven and the earth was we know that it was empty we know that darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters we also know that God said let there be light and there was light so when God took me back to the beginning he was reminding me. He said, this is how I wanted the earth to be. This is how I wanted things to be. So God had to speak those things that be not as though they were. God was calling forth on the earth what he wanted to be on the earth. And he was doing it through um, the word of God. He was using the word of God and the Holy Spirit was releasing the power. But God had set everything up the way he wanted it to be on earth. And once he got everything like he wanted it to be, that's when he created man. And he created man in his image and in his likeness. And all of us are aware of this, but I'm going somewhere. He created them in his image and in his likeness to be over everything that he has created. So they were spirit beings. Upon them being spirit beings, we know that God 
In the second chapter of Genesis, he um, blew the breath of life into his nostrils and man became a living soul. So we see here that man is spirit, soul, and body. He took that man that he created and he put the man in the Garden of Eden to work that garden, to keep it, um, to guard it, to watch over what God had created. So we know after he done that, then Eve come along. But before Eve come along, he gave a commandment to Adam. And he told Adam, do not eat from the tree. So one thing I like about God, everything was set the way God wanted to be set in the Garden of Eden. They didn't have to worry about food. They didn't have to worry about clothing. They wouldn't, um, didn't have to worry about depression, oppression, sickness. Everything was just the way God wanted to be. It was a peaceful life. It was the uh, security. It was um, living in um, good health. All of that was in the garden. So there was no worries. So the enemy was well aware um, of God's creation. So he used God's creation to deceive who? Deceive Eve. But upon deceiving Eve, we know Eve gave some of that fruit to her husband. So that's when sin entered the world. So by sin entering the world, God already had a plan for sin, which was his son. And the reason why I'm going here, because when the Lord was sharing this with me, when we look at how God intended for it to be, and how the world got out of the way God intended for it to be was through disobedience. When we look at this world now, we see so many things happening. We see people getting killed. We see sickness. We see all kind of calamity upon the earth. And we know all of this is upon the earth, is in the world because of sin. So sin had to be dealt with. And God could not deal with sin through man because we were sinners. But now that we're born again, we're not sinners. But we were sinners back then, and he couldn't use man to deal with sin. So he had to come off of his throne, and he had to come down here on earth, and he had to become the son of man and die on our behalf in order for us to be free from sin. But then this is a question that um, popped up in my mind, and this is where we're going tonight. And this question is, why would God want to save us? Why would God want to save people? And the Bible answers those, that very same question in the scriptures. It said, why would God want, want people to be saved? Let's look at that. Number one, the reason why is because he does not want anyone to die. He don't want them to perish. He don't want them to be lost. Go with me to Ezekiel 18. Sometimes we got to understand the why behind um, some things that, that are happening. Um, to us. So God was answering this question, and we're going to take our time with this series because I, I believe it's a lot of people out there still thinking that they don't need God, that they're okay, that they can live like they're living because they have money, they have a man, they have a woman, they have an apartment, they have a house, they have cars, they have children, they have food on the table, they have clothes on their back. Why would I need God? Because you're lost. That's why you need God. So in Ezekiel 18, verse 23, this is what God was saying. And the reason why God was saying this in Ezekiel 18, he was letting them know um, God was still loving them in spite of what they were doing. It says in verse 23, Have I any pleasure in the death of the wicked, says the Lord, and not rather that he should turn 
from his evil way and return to his God and live. So God is saying, I don't have any pleasure in the death of the wicked. He said, but rather that he will turn from his evil way and return to his God and live. And verse 32 says, for I have no pleasure in the death of him who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn, be converted and live. Look at what God was doing here. God don't want anybody to die in their sin. He's saying, turn, be converted. And then there's another scripture in Ezekiel 33:11. Turn there. Ezekiel 33:11. I'm I'm answering the question on um, why would God want people to be saved? And that answer is God does not want anyone to die. He don't want nobody to perish. He don't want nobody to be destroyed. Ezekiel 33:11 says, "Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in death of the wicked." but rather that the wicked wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? So, so the Lord is giving them an opportunity. He said, I don't have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And he said, turn, turn. It's like God is pleading with them. Turn from your wicked way. And he said, why should you die? He's telling them, I don't want you to die. So this is what God is saying. He does not want them to die in sin. Here go another scripture that we're familiar with in 1 Timothy 2.4. And I'm laying out the word because the word does not change. Everything that's written is, gonna, is going to remain the same. And we want to take God at his word. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. We went over this last week. He said, who will have all men to be saved? And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So God is not leaving anybody out. No matter what you've done, no matter when you've done it, no matter if you're an atheist, no matter if you um, uh, people that follow uh, different types of religion and not following God, he said he want all men to be saved. He's not leaving nobody out. He reigned on the just as well as the unjust. He said all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That knowledge of the truth come through the preaching of the gospel concerning Jesus Christ. And in verse 6 he said, Who have himself, Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So we see here that God said Jesus gave himself. He paid the price um, for everybody to be saved. He didn't leave nobody out. He gave his life for everybody. So if you're out there tonight and you're saying... You know, I don't think I'm good enough. Or you're saying, i done this or i done that. Or I was serving Buddha. I was serving Muhammad. I was serving this religion or that religion. God made a way for you to be saved. And that's through his son, Jesus Christ. And he don't want nobody to die. He wants um, people to turn from what they're doing. And the only way that they would be able to do this is hearing the good news, the gospel concerning Jesus Christ. Let's look at 2 Peter 3 verse 9. I'm just laying out scripture to let you know that God does not want anybody to die in their sin. He don't want nobody to perish. 2 Peter um, 3 verse 9. The word of God says, The Lord is not slow or late in doing what he promised, the way some people understand slowness. And what this verse is saying, they were waiting for, um, Jesus return and everybody you know how everybody is saying now Jesus is soon to return 
Jesus is soon to return. Can't you see the things that's happening? The earthquakes, can't you see? Um, the plagues, can't you see? Um, the locusts and all of this thing, this stuff happening. And they said, Jesus is soon to return. But some people are saying, I'm tired of hearing that. Every time we turn around, y'all talking about Jesus is soon to return. Well, where is he? Here's your answer. It said, the Lord is not slow. That means slack in doing what he promised. The way some people understand slowness. What they're saying is, God is still coming. He's going to return. Jesus is going to return. But this is the reason why. But God is being patient with you. He does not want anyone to be lost, but he wants all people to change their hearts and live, come to repentance. So God is giving everybody an opportunity. You may see the earthquakes, you may see the tornadoes, you may see the plagues coming upon the land, you may see some people um, going through, being hungry, you may see everything that the word of God is saying, but he still is going to return, but he's giving everybody a chance. He's patient. He said, I'm giving you a chance to repent. I'm giving you a chance for everybody to hear this good news so you can turn away from sin and turn to me. And the sad part of this is, even doing this crisis, even doing what's going on, some people think they're still okay. Some people still think they do not need Jesus. And the reason why, because some people are getting stimulus checks. They're getting happy because they're waiting on the checks to come. So they say, I'm okay as long as the government keeps applying for me. long as they give me more food stamps. long as I get my unemployment, I'm good. I'll sit in this house. I'll play cards. I'll do whatever I have to do. And I'll catch a movie every now and then. I'm okay. So why would I need Jesus? And I believe that's where some people are today. They feel like they still have everything that they need. Well, I don't have the virus. I'm still living. God still loves me. Yes, he does. But God is saying there's only one way to get to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. And I love this, how God says that he's long-suffering. He's patient towards those that have not accepted Jesus yet. He is going to return because God don't lie. God is not slack concerning his promises. He's going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. But God said, it's still people out there that need my son. It's still people out there that need what my son have died for. And that is salvation. And like I said, some people yet do not realize that they need Jesus as their Lord and Savior because they're going through, but they still have some stubbornness, some rebellion, and they have some pride. Pride is saying, I'm okay. I can do this. I got through it before. I'll get through it again. So we have to keep giving them what the word of God is saying outside of what's going on around them. So number one, God does not want anyone to be lost. He don't want nobody to die. He does not want anybody to perish. That's number one. This is why, why would God want people to be saved? Number one, He does not want anybody to die. He don't want them to perish. He don't want them to be lost. Number two, because God loves us. I I say that for number two because we got to understand the love of the Father. When you have a a loving Father who loves you so much, and I like this one here in Jeremiah 31, 3. And I believe all of us are familiar with that in the book of Jeremiah. God is so loving and he's so gracious because... 
you know, when you go through the word of God, you'll see how God gave them chance after chance. They will mess up and God will still come in and he will still help them. And in Jeremiah 31, 3, it says, The Lord have appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with the everlasting love. This love that God has loved us with is everlasting. It's eternal love. It lasts forever. His love never changed. It is unconditional. He said, therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And what is he saying is, this is why I have continued showing you kindness, loyalty. Because of the love that God has for us, no matter how um, we go about doing things, you know, we may sin, God is still going to love us. That's not going to change his love. He's going to still show us kindness. And when God showed me this verse and gave me a recap of this verse, he said, if I'm loving them outside of what they do, then why can't my people love one another outside of what my people do? And the reason why is because we really don't know it's love. Because if the Lord said, I'm going to love you in spite of what you do, that means we should love each other in spite of what we do. Because if we have the love of God in us and we need to quit judging people that do not know the Lord sometimes the way we judge them. Because God, even though these people were not saved back then, God still loved them. Even though they stayed in their mess, God still loved them. And he said, that is why I have continued showing you kindness and loyalty. So just because we're saved and we accepted Jesus, that does not give us the right to treat a sinner in another way. Because if God loved us, even when we were yet in our sin, we should be able to love those that are still in their sin the way God loved us. So he said, I'm going to read it again, and I'm reading out this expanded. And from far away, the Lord appeared to his people and said, I love you people with a love that will last forever, eternal love. So God love us with an eternal love. So this is why he really, he don't want us to perish. He don't want us to die in our sin because he love us with the everlasting love. And when you think about the love of God and the way that he love us, love cures all. Love covers a multitude of sin. No matter what laws or anything that we may break on a daily basis, it's not going to change God's mind about you. Because God said, I change not. I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. So if you're waiting to change to get um, a response from God, just keep waiting. Because God has already done everything that he's going to do for us. That's his love. And here go another verse of scripture that we're familiar with. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. That means God dearly prized the world. That he gave his only begotten son. Can anybody say that we can love the world so much that we'll give up our child for a world that's full of sin? For a world that's committing um, murders, that's committing adultery. For a world that's into homosexuality for a world that's into all um, forms of ungodliness and for a world that's lying that's stealing that's cheating for a world that's mistreating abusing raping all of this stuff that the world is doing he said for God so loved the world how could you love a world that's going doing all of those things because we right now when somebody do us wrong you know what we do 
We back off from them. We don't want to talk to them, don't call my house. We look in their face and smile, but deep down in our heart, I can't stand you. But the God that we serve, it say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave a son, the only son that he had for a world that was full of sin. And if we would sit here and meditate on our loving father, love us so much. He said, I'm going to give you my son. I'm going to give you my very best. I'm going to give you a son that was not in sin, that didn't know sin. So you can become the righteousness of God through him. My son did not know sin. My son did not live in sin. My son was not a sinner. This is my only son. So I'm going to give my son for this whole world. And people with children, I don't believe it's a person in here that has a child that will give their child for a murderer and say, you know what? Let the murderer go free. Y'all remember in the Bible when it was talking about Barabbas? He was a murderer. They knew he was a murderer, but they wanted to crucify Jesus so badly that they're saying crucify him and let the murderer go. They knew that Barabbas had killed somebody. Jesus hadn't killed nobody. Jesus had not sinned. The only thing that Jesus did was come in with truth. And when you come in with truth, people want to kill you. Because knowing the truth is what makes you free. But they're saying, free Barabbas, free Barabbas. Look at the world today that's full of murder. Can you imagine if um, somebody murdered your child? And then when they got ready to get the death sentence, you're going to stand up and you're going to say, let them go. Free them. How can we do that, right? We have to really think about that, right? But God didn't have to do that. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he gave his son up for a world that was wicked, for a world that was full of sin, for a world that was full of hate, for people that did not even feel like they were sinners. This was just their way of living. But God said, I'm going to give my son because I love you just that much. For God so loved, love is the key, the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, that's the son, in Jesus, and what Jesus done, shall not perish, shall not be lost, but have everlasting life. So God gave his son so we would not be lost, so we can have everlasting life. But the problem is, people do not want to accept Jesus. They want to accept what the world has and not accept what Jesus have done on their behalf. Let's look at Romans 5, 8. Here's another one about God's love. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ the Messiah, the anointed one, died for us. Who does that? He gave his son while we were still in our sin. He didn't wait for us to change. He didn't wait for us um, to do any better. God said, I'm going to give my son while you yet still in your sin. What is that saying to us? That's what love does. Love is not waiting on you. Love does what it needs to do in spite of you. And see, with us being born again, we don't wait on people to change to love them. Because the love that we have loved them even before they change. We love them so much, we don't want them to be lost. This is what God is saying. He said, for God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ the Messiah... The anointed one died for us. 
I don't think it's too many people would die for someone that's treating them back badly. They're going to wait until that person change, and even if that person change, they're going to tell that person, okay, you say you sorry? For what? What did you do? <laughs> they want to figure out what the person, if the person really know that they're really sorry. But there's a godly sorrow. And in a godly sorrow, you, you know that you were wrong, and you're ready to turn from what you're doing, and you're turning to God. Let me read it again. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were yet sinners, Christ the Messiah, the anointed one, died for us. Is that not love? That's God's kind of love, an unconditional love. Let's look at Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5. Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5. Everything that we need is in the word of God, and we have to go pull it out with the help of the Holy Spirit. And we have to really meditate on these scriptures to know what God is saying. Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he love us. And it said, For his great love, wherewith he love us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. I'm going to read the Amplified. But God so rich is he in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love which which he loved us even when we were dead slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ he gave us the very life of Christ himself the same new life with which he quickened him for it is by grace his favor and mercy which we did not deserve that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. So God loved us so much, we know that he gave his son. But what he did, even while we were yet in sin, he laid down his life for us. And God laid down his life for us even when we didn't even deserve it. That's what grace is, undeserved, unearned. It's undeserved, unearned that God has given us his grace. So tonight, on the two things that I went over, the first was, why would God want people to be saved? Number one, God does not want anyone to die, to perish, to be lost. And I went over Ezekiel 18, 23, and verse 32. Ezekiel 33, 11. First Timothy, chapter 2, verse 4 and verse 6. Second Peter three and verse nine so we have witnesses throughout the word of god that's saying that god does not want people to die he does not want them to be lost god is saying turn turn be converted i want you to live so that's proven in the word of god it was also proven that god was saying that he want all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth he's not leaving anybody out God don't have um, certain ones that he's saying, I want them to be saved and leaving somebody out. He said he want all men to be saved. And the Lord is um, long-suffering and he's patient. And the reason why he's long-suffering and patient from um, him returning is because he don't want nobody to perish. He don't want nobody to be lost. And why? Because God loves us. And we determine that in Jeremiah 31 verse 3. We determine that in John 3.16, 
Romans 5, 8, and Ephesians 2, verse 4 through verse 5. And saying all of that, I'm saying this. If God is telling you tonight that he does not want you to die, he does not want you to be lost because he loved you, then God is opening up tonight the way of salvation. And that way that was made comes through Jesus Christ. You cannot do it yourself. Don't wait to find your peace waiting on this crisis to get over. Your peace is in Jesus Christ. When you accept him, you will have his kind of peace. And that kind of peace gives you a quietness, gives you a stillness in the midst of a crisis. So tonight, I'm opening the doors to ask those out there that are waiting You're waiting for something to change in your life for you to accept Jesus. The wait is over. Now is the time of salvation. Don't wait for this crisis to change. And another thing, I believe some people are waiting to say, well, you know, I want to quit doing this. I want to quit doing that. You know, I'm smoking, I'm drinking, I'm cursing. Come on now. When you hear the good news concerning Jesus Christ, he said, come just as you are. Because he has come to seek those that are lost. The ones that have not accepted Jesus, you are lost in a dying world. And for you to think that you are not lost is because the enemy have blinded your eyes towards this glorious gospel. He don't want the light to shine through. But I speak that your hearts are open right now to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Because God loves you so much, he do not want you to die in your sins. God created hell for the devil and his angels. He did not create hell for you nor me. He has given us a choice. He has given us two roads. He has given us the wide road in which everybody is on the wide road. I don't know about you, but if I'm driving through a city, I want some wide lanes, y'all. I don't want them little four lanes close together where I can reach out and touch everybody. I don't want (laughs) all of that. I want a wide road. That's what people are on now. They're on a wide road full of destruction. God said that the ones that go on that narrow road, those are the ones that's truly trusting God, that's truly dependent on God because that is the way to heaven. That is the way, the narrow road. And I want to share this with you guys. I had a dream the other night, and in the dream, I was at this... um, seemed like it was a wedding or something that was going on and as I was leaving the wedding I was driving out with my car and yeah I was driving by the way I was driving out with my car and as I was driving out with my car I can hear people talking so I was going um, when I was driving out I was going to go down this this road and I heard somebody say oh she just going this way because she want people to see her car And that's not the reason why I was going that way, because I knew that was the right way to go. So I didn't pay no attention to them, because if I had paid attention to them, I would have went on a road that I shouldn't have went on. So as I was driving down this road, this road got narrow. And as the road got narrow, and I was in my car, I said, okay, I got to go around this curve, and it was so narrow, it looked like I wouldn't be able to maneuver the car to go around. But guess what? I kept going. And I stayed on that road. And see, what the enemy wanted to do was he wanted to take my mind off of where I was going. He wanted me to listen to the naysayers. To, to, they were trying to make me feel like I was arrogant, 
because of what I was driving, but I didn't pay attention to that. I stayed on the road that I should have been on. So what am I saying to you tonight? And by staying on that road, in that dream, I end up in this mansion. It was this big, beautiful house. And in the house, it was um, people that had money. And when they had the money, I was sitting amongst those people. But it was not a big deal to me. It was just a calmness and a peace. So what I'm telling you tonight, the road that God want us on, it brings calmness, it brings peace. And no matter what you drive and you ain't putting that before you put God. Because it's not about things. It's not about material things. It's not about all of that. It's all about him and keeping our minds stayed on him. So don't let things keep you in the world. Because even coming out of the world, God wants us to have nice things. But he does not want those things to have us. So tonight, those that have heard this teaching about God does not want you to be lost. Because he loves you so much. He does not want you to die in your sins. He was pleading with them. He was saying, turn, turn, turn. Be healed. Be saved. He was telling them what to do. And God is telling us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And see, sometimes you're around the wrong folks that speak in death in your ear. God wants you to get around folks that are speaking life during this crisis, letting you know the only way you can be saved in this crisis, no matter what they tell you, they can tell you to sanitize. We talk about this all the time. Wear your mask, do this, do that, do the other. Whatever they're telling you, that's not going to save you. That's not going to give you eternal life, the life that I'm telling you about. Because if something happened and we're saying, we're praying to God that it doesn't, if it does, you know where you're going. You know that you are going to heaven. Amen? So tonight, do not wait until everything changed for you to change. Change have come for you tonight, and that changes in Jesus Christ. There is no other way. The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ, according to John, the 14th chapter. So we're going to open up again this altar for those that are watching tonight that do not know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Now is the time of salvation. 911, what's your emergency? Lost souls. So we're here tonight to do what the Lord told us to do, that great commission. And that's what we want to do tonight. So I hope tonight that you have gotten something out of this CLEM training school. And those that um, were a part of this school and still a part of this school, this is like a recap. Get into this so you can go out and do what you need to be doing, winning souls. Those that win souls are wise. So we want to make sure that everybody is fully equipped to go out there and do what the word of God is telling us to do. So we're going to continue these teachings on 911, What's Your Emergency? So at this time, again, I'm going to ask Evangelist Newton to come up, and we're going to offer the plan of salvation to those out there tonight that are lost. Amen? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. You have heard this glorious gospel. And like uh, the word says, man is saved by the preaching of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. 
We have good news on today. We don't have to be lost. We are not alone. We are not a people without hope. Jesus is our answer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Amen. He says, whosoever will let him come, and he will no wise cast you out. It's not God's will, as you heard the word from Apostle Amanda. It's not God's will that any shall perish, but all come to repentance. Hallelujah. And today, today is the day of salvation. And if you just open up your heart and, and, and call on the name of Jesus, thou shalt be saved. God wants a heart's cry. Call on the Lord from your heart and he will answer you. That is the prayer. The first prayer he hear from a sinner is the prayer of salvation. So don't let people think that you can call on God anytime you get ready. If you're not one of his children, the God, God loves you while you were yet sinners. Why I was yet a sinner. Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to get right before he gave his son. He loved us so much. He, his grace is so amazing. His unmerited favor. We didn't have to work for it. We didn't have to earn. We didn't have to change nothing. We just came as we were. I came as I was. And I was a, a wretch undone, like they said. And so it doesn't matter what you've done, how long you've been in it. It doesn't matter. Jesus loves you. God is love. Amen. So as that you open up your heart on today, as we um, pray... According to Romans 10, 9 and 10, says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. Amen. That's all it takes. You don't have to uh, always be in the church. You don't have, you could be all by yourself. You could be in your bed, in your car, in your yard, in the shower. And ask the Lord to come into your heart. And mean it. God want a godly, uh, uh, want you to be godly sorry. And if you call on him, you will be saved right then and there. Amen. Amen. So if you would like to set Jesus to your heart today to be your Lord and Savior, if you believe that Jesus went to Calvary's cross, he gave his life for you, and he, he, he suffered, bled, and died, and he rose on the third day with all power in your hand, and you want him to be your Lord and Savior, uh, please pray with me. Father God. In the, name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I come to you, I come to you a, sinner, a sinner, but I believe, but I believe that, you shed your blood that you shed your blood on Calvary's cross, on Calvary's cross to, wash away to wash away all of my sins, all of my sins. Past, past, present, present and, future. and future. You gave your only begotten son. To be sin for me. To be sin for me. And he knew no sin. And he knew no sin. So I ask you, Lord Jesus. So I ask you, Lord Jesus. To come into my life. To come into my life. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are born again. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All heaven is rejoicing right now because you gave your life to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And I want to say those that.
have or did accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry, we are here for you. If you do not have a church home, I, I can say welcome to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry where miracles happen. You're always welcome to join us. But if you did have a church that you were attending and you have not as yet accepted Jesus, go back to that pastor and let that pastor know, I have entered into the kingdom of God. I am a kingdom citizen. I am ready to be a disciple. So help me to become a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ through his word. So know today that heaven is rejoicing over you and we're rejoicing with you as well. And um, call us, um, you can call us at 910-259-3388. If um, no one answers the phone, just leave a message. We will get back with you. Or you can reach us at www.mtdm.org. That is our website. And um, you can check our website and you can also go to Facebook and find our ministry and leave us a message. We are here to help you with your new life in Christ. So know that God loves you and we love you and we love you as well. And we love you with the love of God. So until we see you next time, we here at Clem School of ministry. Again, love you with the love of God. God bless.